Welcome to episode seven of the Two in the Authors podcast with me, David B. Lines, and me, Robert Enright. Uh, over the next hour or so, uh, we'll be taking a deep dive into the front and back matters of our books and discussing why they are pivotal tools in our indie author businesses. Uh, we'll also be tackling a question sent in by one of our listeners about the do's and don'ts of starting out. And later, we are joined by the incredible Stephen Taylor, as he is the independent author in our Seven Questions hot seat. However, David, yeah. the man, the myth, the legend. Definitely legend. Definitely legend. How have you been living over the last seven days? Yeah, um, well, look, with a dose, a bad dose again. I keep, I've never been more sick than I've been in the past um, six months for some reason. I think it's Lola. I have a, a six-year-old daughter who comes home with um, it's not snotty nose from school every week. Um, your daughter is in, am I right in saying nursery, that level or reception as they call it over here? She's in nursery, so she's three in February. She's three in February. Is she coming back with different doses? So. So she comes back constantly with um, blocked up nose, coughs, yeah. um, and what she likes to do is she likes to do it directly into my mouth. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm I feel that. we're in the same boat. We're in the same boat here. We're in the same boat. So I've had a, 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 a chesty, throaty cough um, for the past week. So I hope that doesn't come across through the microphone uh, over the next hour for our listeners. But professionally really good i've had i think i was saying to you robert because i was on a bit of a tight schedule i sent the first half of my manuscript to my editor to be followed yes. by the second half and um, so i've had the first half back and i've worked on that over the past 48 hours and that's all um looking sparkle sparkling and, and clean and ready to go out to the proofreaders at the end of this week and uh, so nice. i'm waiting on the second half back so yeah i'm all i'm motoring towards the uh, launch day, which for me now, as we stand, is, jeez, you know what, it's just two weeks away. So that means you're only a week away from launching. Well, maybe not. What? Because, uh, like I said, I think in passing last week on the podcast, I was like, I might bring my launch forward. Um, ah. I did. I decided to do it um, purely because I, I uploaded all of my completely finished manuscripts right the the ebook version the paperback version and then i've got my third box set this is book number nine um and i do box sets of three so i uploaded all of them they were all finished and i sat there and went i'm gonna wait two weeks now over two weeks to (laughs) to to see it out there and start you know it's cold and hard as it is start making money off it exactly Um, finding sitting on your desktop yeah, well, what's the point? So I've brought it back. So it's actually launching on the 25th, which, as we're recording this, is tomorrow. Tomorrow, but as this goes out live, was two days ago. Yes. So it's out. Yeah, right now, if you're listening to this now, the new book's out. Okay, um, so I have a question. I have placed my pre-order on Amazon mm-hmm. for December 9th. 
I yeah. thought once that was, I, I said that then that was set in stone. So have you been able to change that? Yeah, so you have to, you just go back into the back end of KDP. Yeah. So Kindle Direct Publishing is obviously where you do your books, where you can, um, so you can edit the, the details, the content and the pricing. If you go to edit, I believe it's edit, details it's one of the either edit details or content where you set your pre-order date yeah as long as it's before the date that they require a full script which is normally i think three days before your actual publication date or something like that yeah so i was uh, like 15 days away from launch date so i brought that back to like eight days from where oh. I was. So oh. I was like, okay. So I still had the little bit of grace period, but because it was ready to go, you can do it. So I think you wouldn't be able to bring it back. I don't think you'd be able to bring it back, say, tomorrow for you because yeah. it doesn't give them enough time to verify that you've put your correct stuff in place. But okay. you can you can bring it back if it's ready. I did, I, I did not know that. I thought it was set in stone. So here's another question. Can you... So mine is release date um, is set for December 9th. I've had it on Amazon for about six weeks now that that was going to be the release date. I, you've just told me I could bring that forward if my manuscript was ready prior to that. Can I push it back? Can I go to December 16th? I, I, I imagine so. I've never done that. I've only done pre-orders on the last couple of books. I imagine um, you can set it back because if your audience, you know, I've already sold a few hundred pre-sales, they'll be expecting that on December 9th. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is I don't lose my pre-sales. They just yeah. get it a week early. But they, they, they wouldn't want it a week late. No, that, that's where they might have issues with it. I don't yeah. know. You'd have to, you'd have to double. We'll, we'll, I'm going to we, check you know that. What? We'll check it out and we'll we'll feed it back next week. Great. Yes. Yeah, so we've even come up with a mailbag question live on air. <laughs> I didn't know that because I kind of I get I get I shit myself a little bit when I put it on um, launch date because I think oh my god everything has to be ready by then everything. And I'm just wondering, oh, can you extend that? I think you probably won't be able to extend the date. You could bring it forward, maybe not back, but we will check that and we will report back in the week that was we, next week. What we've what we've done there is we've created work for ourselves. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when uh, I talk to Robert. So, so beyond your um, uh, edits for your new book, which has been dominating your life, for the last few weeks. Well, since we started um, this podcast, really, yeah. Yeah. But now that there's sort of light at the end of that tunnel, I guess, like you only, is there anything else kind of, if you're, if you're like me and we're quite similar, when I'm approaching the end of something, the next thing's bubbling away. Is there anything else going on that you're juggling at the moment? Well, I'm thinking of taking six months off. Yes. Um, January to June. I I think I want to concentrate on selling. I will when December 9th comes around. That will be my um, third trilogy. I'm, I think we have a listener who likes me saying third trilogy. Um, so I, I'm going to concentrate on heavily marketing them. And as I've told the listeners, I've got an agent and she's looking after different parts. You know, foreign rights and selling into different territories. Um, so I'm going to heavily concentrate on that. But Another area that I'm going to move into is screenwriting because nice. I've had really exciting news um, from a couple of production companies now for one of my books and turning it into a, a miniseries. 
Lovely. So, uh, yeah, another promising email. I think I did a few episodes ago tell the listeners about this and said I'll, I'll be in touch and, and I'll update. It, it's The updates are slow, but um, about 48 hours ago, I had an email from another production company who are really interested in it. So it seems to be bubbling. Yeah. Um, I have no... I haven't... It hasn't been optioned yet. I haven't signed any contracts, but it, it seems like before Christmas, I, I'm going to have at least two contracts put to me. So it's it's getting very exciting. This the screen that's incredibly, that's incredibly exciting. Yeah, I have to. I should say, and I should say this on this podcast. My agent, the agency I signed with, also happens to have a screenwriter agent who's looking after me. And um, because one of my books went out, and I thought this would make a good TV series, I wrote up a TV treatment and. You know, there's been a lot of interest in it since. But he said to me, he said, oh, you're an independent author. They don't really like that. The movie studios. And I went, yeah. but, but, but we're, what, we're living in 2022. I said, it's, you know, you you are really dismissing a lot of talent if you're dismissing indie or, uh, the indie author community. Since some of the best books coming out. I know, I realise, I understand the best, some of the best works are... Um, coming from independent authors, but he said um, they want some backbone. So they know if, if a book has been released by Penguin, then Penguin have all the lawyers and, you know, all the, the, the legal weight behind them if something goes wrong, um, whereas an independent author doesn't. But when it came to it, and I was pushing back on it, and, you know, we left that conversation with me sort of defending in the, the independent community as much as I could, since then, the production companies have got back to him and said, oh, yeah, no, we, we don't really care about yeah. that. So, And this is the guy who has worked in, uh, that's been his job for the past 10 years, is transferring uh, books into, uh, or selling the options of them to, to movie studios or TV production companies. So, And even he was a bit hesitant. But um, when it came to the crux of it, it did not matter a jot that I wasn't with Penguin Random House or you know, any of the big five companies or any even medium-sized public uh, publishing company, it, it was, the work was good enough and we're good enough to sign off on it when needs be. So so don't let it put put you off. Any independent authors out there if evolving into screenwriting is, is something you want to do, you can definitely do that as an independent author too. That's exceptionally positive. Yeah. Look at you, David B. Lyons, fighting the good fight for the indie author community. Well, you've been fighting the good fight for the indie author community, haven't you, this week? You've, you've gone out of your way to sort of um, wrap up a little gift for our pres- for our listeners. Well, yes, but that's, that's all they're getting. They're going to have to wait. They're going to have to wait, David. It's not quite finished yet. But oh, you're just teasing am, now. I'm teasing. I'm being. I'm being a cheeky little tease. Um, I am working on something for our listeners um, that they will be able to get uh, before the end of this year. So, Christmas presents with... for our listeners. You have. Yes, so the wonderful listeners we've had as we've launched this podcast um, to help them um, from next year. That's that's all I'm going to give. Brilliant. Maybe Robert will divulge a little more next week's episode. Yes, maybe. Maybe. Okay, well, that was the week that was. Two Indie Authors. So this week's main talking point is on front and back matter, which is a bit of a weird terminology to, to yeah. uh, discuss exactly what this is. So 
Front and back masher, you may know what it is. You may be thinking, what the hell is this Irish bloke talking about? Robert, In for our published books, what is front and back matter? So uh, the terminology front and back matter is essentially what is the stuff that bookends your story within your book. So it's the stuff in it that you have before chapter one or before your prologue. And then it's the stuff that comes at the end of your book. So after final chapter, or if you, like me, have an epilogue. So it's essentially what can you put in those things to not only enhance your reader's experience, um, it's also, um, I think I mentioned earlier when we did the intro, it's actually a really useful thing to get right as part of your indie business yeah um it doesn't have to be over complicated um and i think when we discuss how you use it and how i use it we'll probably have so many similarities and probably for a lot of authors who are listening they'll be ticking off along saying yep do that do that so um but there might be a load of people who are just starting out or haven't even thought about this part of it who will hopefully understand by the end of our little discussion today, oh, actually, this is A, really beneficial to me, B, doesn't cost me anything, and C, I just need to make sure I stay on top of it. Yeah. So it's essentially text in your book that is not your manuscript. It yes. precedes the book. You may have a couple of pages that precede the book. And then um, when the book is finished, there is more text in your book, which will, you know, perhaps catch more readers in the net or the reader who has just read that. It may even lead to the next book in the series, which is what your back matter, I'm sure it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think there's stuff to be said for uh, automating stuff. Um, Yeah. Before we get into what you do, what I do. Yeah. so obviously there's software out there that can can really help. So I'm talking here more probably more about your your front matter, um, yeah. which you know you'd probably include like your contents page. So obviously that, that doesn't yeah. apply to a print book uh, unless it's nonfiction, I guess. Yeah. So front matter is first. It goes before yeah. the manuscript. Back matter is after your manuscript. So yeah. example of front, front matter, your... as you just said, contents. Yeah. So. Um, there are software. So I would say now, if you're doing a manuscript in, say, Microsoft Word, and your plan is to just upload that Microsoft Word document into Kindle um, and let them convert it, and you're gonna you're happy to do all the formatting, building a contents page is, I think, for excuse my language, a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um. So there are things you can do to help. <laughs> you know, uh, as you can hit david's dying um uh but so i use a system called vellum um it's, it's popped up on the podcast a few times before david i know you're also a proponent of vellum big fan yes um that auto does your contents page so there is a fee involved in buying vellum we're not associated with vellum in any way we're not sponsored by vellum in any way we're just telling you it's a very good uh, piece of software that I, I would say is probably 
I think beyond when I said my accountant, probably the best investment of money I've made as a indie author because yeah. it just takes so much issues out. And one of the things it does is it pre-populates your contents page, which I think yeah. you need to have for Kindle. I think it's one of their requirements. It's your, a requirement for KDP, has, yes. Yeah, so KDP says you have to have a contents page. So that's your front matter. That's your bare minimum front matter um, that goes at the front of your book. But um, I'd say if you're not going to, you know, if you're not in a position to to purchase vellum, you can use draft to digital and you can upload your manuscript to them. And before you publish through them, you can download the version out for free. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, you didn't know that? Well, there you go. A little tidbit, a little cheat here. So what I used to do uh, when I was starting out is if you sign up for draft to digital So draft to digital uh, is an aggregator that allows that will push your book out to every retailing platform that you choose it to, and they yeah. take a small cut. Um, but I'd say that you don't need that if you're going exclusive with Amazon. Uh, because you don't need to give them a cut if you're only going to one platform. Yeah. It can be helpful if you're going wide, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Yeah. But when you're uploading your manuscript to them, they will they have almost like a formatting tool where you have like, last time I checked, about four or five different formats. So like your your font uh, for your chapter titles and stuff like that. But what it'll do is it'll populate your contents page. Yeah. So it's a nice little handy tool maybe for your front matter. Um, but be, beyond front matter, David, beyond the contents page, David, what, where, where do you stand on front matter? What, what do you do? Um, I've done different things with different books. I've, I, again, I mean, you've heard myself and Robert talk about test, test, test and uh, through this podcast. So I, I like to, to test front and back matter and, and, and see what my readers respond to most. So, yeah, as Robert said, contents page is a very, it, it, it's a basic example of front matter where this is something that's going to appear before your manuscript in your book. And as Robert has already said, on KDP through Amazon, it's a legal requirement, the requirements to have uh, your contents page. Um, but apart from that, my uh, so my if I open one of my I have one of my print books in front of me actually. My designer, my book cover designer, also designs a front page for the book, which is is pretty cool. Um, I don't know whether Robert can see. So so that's the front cover yeah. of, of my book, and then they do a sort of little page which alludes cool. to it, which is just a nice opening page when the the readers get to it. Um, then there's the contents, which Robert has already talked us through. You can you can you don't have contents in your print books, though, right? Not in my print books, no. Good. Just in the ebook. Yeah. Um, after that, then I have a a, a a gloat. I have a praise for David B. Lines, and I will pull sort of some pull quotes from reviews I've had. So this one says, um, best book of the year, books from dusk till dawn and the devastating twist in its tale from the Irish independent or powerful, the book literati. So I mean, I've been fortunate enough because I worked in newspapers that I can get um, some reviews in newspapers. They don't do anything for sales. Um, and I have used another discussion. Myself and Robert needs to um, have as a main talking point on the podcast is perhaps 
getting reviews from blog tours and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of blog tours. Sorry to all you blog tourists out there. Um, but I am a fan of perhaps having a little review in an odds um, review website just so I can get the pull quote for marketing purposes yeah. or for front matter purposes so, um, like this. So, so do, do you um, do you have that page in your ebook version as well yeah. before the book starts? So you have almost like a, you've, you've bought this book. Uh, before you read it, listen to how good I am. Yes. This yeah. is what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. And you're you're s- getting into book of the year. And like. the wor- yeah, book of the year. Well, the wording is, um, so rather than rather than say it's this is praise for this book, uh, it's, it, praise, it's, for you so as it's an praise for David B. Lyons overall. So I can pull That's... quotes from any review from any book. So it's how you word these things as well. It's pretty key. So this, and that's that's so a really good tip. That's a really good tip for our um for our listeners. Yeah. There because because yeah, you know, I actually do read that when when I pick up a paperback in. Uh, Waterstones or something and it's a popular book and I open it up and it says praise for whatever yeah. series and you see those things I don't have those on my books I might have to yeah, go back I, through I, and, and then I would definitely pull some um, pull a little quote out of a review Robert and, 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 and get yeah. it out there and that's smart as well if people do the um, look inside feature on Amazon yeah. where they get to check the first have a much percentage of the book I can't remember what it is now yeah um, but if the, one of the first things they see is praise for you as an author. Yeah. And then if you combine that, when we always talk about looking at the bigger picture, if you combine that, so say you've you've got a really good advert, takes you, you know, on Facebook, boom, awesome advert. You've got the, the right uh, imagery, the right copy. Someone clicks on your ad. They then go to the Amazon page. You've got a quality cover, excellent blurb, high reviews, high praise. They go, oh, okay, I'm teetering on the edge here. Yeah. Like, I'm on the edge. Let me have a quick look inside. Yeah. And then they have a peek inside. And one of the first things they say is, praise for David B. Lyons, book of the year, devastating twist. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm sold. Like, there's there's, there's a lot of touch points where, and I think um, Michael McKenzie, who was on Seven Questions last week, yes. says, like, he's not very good at, he not boasting, but putting yeah. yourself out there as, Look at me, I'm good at what I do. Yeah. You've got plenty of touch points where it it, it pays to do that. Yeah. And I think you've just given a really good one there. Because that's that's not that's one that's completely slipped through me. Like I've never even considered that. Yeah, it's good for as you say, for the um you know, the free look that you get the first twenty pages or thirty pages what you, you normally get through KDP. But a little a little tip on this is when I was going independent, um in fact, in fact, when I got offered my first publishing deal, when my first book was coming out, I didn't want to write it under my own name. I was going to make up a pseudonym and because I was afraid of, you know, having to put myself out there and, you know, be on Facebook and say, hey, buy my books. I, I just didn't want to do that. I've since obviously learned that if you're not doing that, you're not selling any books. Mm. Um, so for those who are a bit hesitant about putting themselves out there, the, the simple fact of that is any business these days whether you're selling books or refrigerators or anything, you, you need to be out there selling your books because uh, with targeted ads and with Facebook pages because that's where your your reader is. Yeah. So you, really, think, you have to be doing it. Yeah, and I think you need to be um, not happy, but at least comfortable with 
telling people what you're doing is good like yeah you, don't, you have to be boastful about it i don't I, I never intend to boast with my ads my ads are informative they tell people it's selling well here's some good reviews yeah if you like if you like this type of book these authors you're gonna like this one um yeah there's nothing there about look at me i'm fantastic like well, once you're if you're pulling quotes from reviews um and you know it's a five star review and you're throwing that five stars out there with this great pull quote that says this is a great book or whatever the the pull quote is that's not you boasting that's you just sharing what somebody else has there you go love suggested that. about that. your book David B. Lyons, the man with the loopholes. I like it. Well, you see, I I was for fifteen years. I was a tabloid journalist, so um, finding right. loop, finding loopholes was my job. And walking That's around text because people will people will open this and and think these quotes are actually for this book. Yeah. You know what I mean, but they're not. They're, it's just it's praise for different books. But I have headlined it praise for David B. Lyons, which is appropriate. If I said praise for this yeah. book, I would be lying. But I'm actually saying yeah. this is praise I've had previously, and it works. So okay. yeah, we've had that. My nice design of my sheet, uh, or a redesign of the front cover as a front page, then a contents page, as we've already discussed. Then I've had this praise for David B. Lyons page. Um, I used to have. I don't have in this book. A, also by David B. Lyons right, uh, yeah. and at the front matter as well I definitely have it oh, at the back you? matter you, yeah but I used to put it at the front, front. yeah okay. also by David B. Lyons and then I'd list my books um, yeah. but I don't this one then just goes into my dedication yeah. so each of my books are dedicated to somebody else this one's for my cousin Margaret who has helped me out no end and Lovely. so it's just a simple dedication for Margaret um, yeah. And then after that, we move into, I actually like in my last three books, I've had a little quote, which sort of sums up a main theme or plot point of the book. So just a little quote. And yeah, we just see a lot, lot seen, of authors do. That's like, yeah, I've seen that in, in a fair few books. Someone will pull like a, a meaningful quote. Yeah. Like you say, it's not to do with the book, but it, it, it kind yeah, of sums it could relate. up the, the, the theme of what they're about to be reading. Yeah. And once okay. you turn the page after that quote, you're beginning chapter one, so it's a oh, few wow, little, you... few little elements in there yeah. for fun matter. You've you've stuffed it more than I have. I literally have contents page, and then it goes into my dedication, and then into my book. Um, yeah, well, so... I used to, when I was learning about front and back matter, I thought they had to be sort of equal parts. So um, mine used to be a bit more stuff that's it's reined in since I don't do that. Um, also, by yeah. David B. Lyons thing anymore at the front. That, well, that's that's at the back. But, but I think it's it's. Yeah, you approach your book, you should approach it in two ways. I think you should always look at it as in what is being done in the genre, say. Like, I write in action thriller books. What do high-selling authors in those books do? Like, what's we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll at the front of a Lee Child book or yes. Mark Dawson exactly, or, yeah. or Stephen Leather, something like that? Not to copy, no. Um but to see and go, okay, well, yeah, if that's what they're inspired. doing, it's, yeah, it's working for them. I'll do something similar. But then you should also go, you know, what, what do you like to see at the beginning of a book? Because for me, if I get a book, I just want to get straight into it. Yeah. So um, there used to be a thing. I, I can't remember who recommended it. It might have been in the 101 publishing. I don't think he does it anymore. About highlighting to people that they can join your like mailing list or your reader group. And you tell them that in the front matter. But I think Amazon may have cracked down on putting links to like signups 
in the front matter. So if you hear oh, really? the yeah. advice that, oh, you should be asking for signups before they've read the book, I think that kind of gets your knuckles wrapped. Um, but I do think some people I know put like a little like disclaimer saying, if you want more content from me or to join my reading list, um, you can do so at the back of the book or at the end of this book. Yeah. Um, I don't do that. I, I don't particularly see the, the value need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see the value in it, but I do know people who have done that. Um, so, but... oh, okay. So, so yeah, you're, you're pretty naked when it comes to front matter. Yeah, I am. I'm nude. Okay. Well, I would, a little, a little tip there. Um, because as you said, the look inside, this might have the look inside. Uh. Grab a couple of um, pull quotes from reviews you've had and, and, and have a little boast there. I think um, I will. I think yourself. I will. So um, what clothes do you wear? You're naked at the front. What clothes do you wear at the back, Robert? Oh, I am business at the front, party at the back, David. That's what I do. <laughs> um, no, so um, I go straight into, um, so you finish my book, boom. I don't put an end page. Yep. I don't have a page that says the end. The I end. write one when I finish my book as kind of like, a, I'm finished. Yep. And I usually take a picture of it and stick it on my in my social media. But then I remove that because I don't know if this is still the case or if it was just an urban myth. But apparently, you know, like on Kindles, when you reach the end of a book, Amazon kind of takes over and it, it goes, yeah. will you rate this book? Here's some yeah. other books. Or uh, suggestions of other books, um, yeah. Apparently, that comes in at the end page. Right. Um, so if you remove that out, people can then get to your back matter before Amazon take over? Yes. Is that a myth or have you heard the same? Well, I have taken out, I've taken out the words, the end, from my yeah. books too. I didn't know about Amazon kicking in. I just thought if it says the end, well, then people will log out of their Kindle. And right. I want them to go to the next. I want them to go to my back, back matter. Yeah. Um, so I've removed the words the end, and I certainly don't have an end page set up yeah. on my formatter vellum. Definitely not. No. So, so I have um, immediately after that. So you you've read the last word or the last sentence of my epilogue. Next page is get more exclusive. Get some more content, like exclusive content from Robert Enright. Okay, and it says, nice. oh, if you're enjoying the Sam Pope series, you enjoy this, I have these two novellas. Um, so these are the reader magnets. I think we've spoke about these before. Yeah. So I, I offer my two novellas, which are worth uh, they're $1.99 or $2.99 in America. Um, I offer them for free if people sign up to my mailing list. So it's essentially so I, trying to catch readers' email yeah. addresses. To, to, and, the, yeah. and the idea is, is you most people will come into the series at book one, which is the night shift. They'll read through it. They'll go, hopefully. And, you know, we go back to last week. A large percentage of people are saying, I like that. I want a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the first thing they see after that isn't, oh, here's book two. It's actually, oh, cool. If you enjoyed that, I've got two prequel novellas of the same character which is worth four pounds or six dollars. Great. But you can have them for free if you want to sign up so you can get updates from me about upcoming books. Um, and then I have the link to my email, uh, my website where on the front page of my website, it basically has the two pictures of the books. And it says, get your free books, enter your email here. And they, they enter it in and then um, 
and this is for difficult for a different time all my automation kicks in that as soon as an email address is entered into that box MailerLite starts kicking out the specific emails that have the links to download books so that's the first thing i have in my, my thing in, in my opinion and it might not be the same for you my opinion the, the most important thing for me after someone's finished my book if they like it isn't that they buy the next one because they're probably likely to buy the next one yeah. if they've enjoyed it they don't need me to stick it under their nose well certainly if, they, if they've read book if they're 60 they're, they're going to 7 right you, you've proven that with your numbers last week that the percentages yeah. get really, really into the 90s once they the deeper they get into your exactly series but, yeah so so my, my aim there isn't to, to get them to sell my aim there is then to get them to give me their email address mm-hmm because from that I can build up more loyalty. Um, and we touched upon email uh, lists before, you know, you can drive reviews, you can drive launches, you can get um, beta readers, everything. Yeah. So the more you're building engaged, your own community of fans, yeah. really, aren't you? Yeah. And, and so this is the only place I, you know, I don't, I don't run ads to get um, signups. I don't run free giveaways. I don't run, all those things i literally only get at, i only get signups from people who have finished reading a book so that's the only way you can yeah. know about it so that's what i do first that's my priority okay so straight after your book after your manuscript is finished there is a notice that um your readers can get a very discounted novella they get it for free so very oh, it's discounted. Free. oh so that's very discounted um so free yeah. novella um Two free novellas um, for the price of their email address. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, and that that's that was taught to me as well. That's that's sort of standard practice to try and get this email um, from your readers after they've read your book, and that's the way you've gone about it. Two free novellas, and that's 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 very generous from an author. Well, that was the whole point. Is I actually yeah. did one, and then I had a cool idea for a second one. Um, well, I actually had a cool idea and I was like, well, I can't do this now because I'd established Sam so much as a character that I couldn't do this storyline. So it made more sense to be when he was a soldier. So I was like, okay, I'll do it as another novella. Cool. Yeah. And um, do you know what? I'm offering more. I'm offering more um, incentive for people to do it. So um, I, I did yeah, it that way. That's uh, great. So, then, so, so yeah, so I'd say that's like my priority. Then after I have that sign up page, yeah, the next one is it's just a page. So so I'd also just re-emphasize that the link to my website in the ebook is a clickable link, so people right, can yes. do it. So if they're reading on a tablet or on a phone, I can take them there straight away. Yeah, I think it was a really good tip from Claire C. Riley a few weeks ago, where she says always put a link. Always yeah. put a link with whatever you're posting or, or putting to people so they can get to where you want them to go. Yeah. Then after that, I just have a list which says Sam Pope novels from, and it's just each one. Uh, with in the chronological links in order, it, it names them. In chronological order. Yeah. Then I have a different page that says Sam Pope box sets, all of them, chronological order. Great. Sam Pope novellas, chronological order. And then I have a uh, the power of reviews, I call it. And then I'll I just call say, out oh, for a review. Yeah, I just say, oh, I hope you really enjoyed Enter Book Name here and you enjoyed the continued story of Sam Pope. And then I just let them know that as an independent author, reviews can really help. So please feel free to leave a review or a rating by clicking the link below. And then I have another clickable link, the same one as the book would be in the, the chronological order. So if they click yeah. it, it takes it to the book page. Um, and then hopefully I get a review. 
And then yes. after that, I literally have a, a about the author bit with my okay. social media tags. And then I have the copyright page. So um, that's that's how I stack out the back of my book. Like I said, it's not as naked as the front. Um, yeah, it's quite heavy, the actually, only, the back of yours. Yeah. The only, the only thing I'd put there... I See, I like the idea of having these pages that show all the books. Not to, Hopefully, it'll drive sales. But like I said, most people, they, they want to buy it anyway. But I think it kind of adds just a little bit of weight of how much there is to the series for people to get invested in. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you just read The Night Shift, the first book, and you go there, there's one page that's got nine books on it, and then another page that's got three books, even though it's the same books, and then it's got another page with the novellas. It's like, wow, there's a lot of content for me here to get into. So if they've enjoyed it, they're probably going to get in. The only thing I would say as another tip for our listeners is if you're putting links in the back of your book for your book, for your other books, yeah, make sure they're universal. Mm-hmm. And now what explain I mean what universal that, means yes yeah so so what i mean by that is if you are so we're based in the uk so our amazon defaults to .co.uk because it's the 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 uk version of amazon essentially so if i then take the link out of that and stick that in the back of my book as the link for the next one yeah. So I, I I go get the takers book number two. I get the link from Amazon.co.uk. I yeah. add that as the link behind the title. Yeah. If an American reader then clicks on that link, he's brought to the from UK. Their, from their tablet, it will take them to the UK store, and they can't buy it. Yeah. Which so a universal link allows you to input that UK address, and it will give you a a it will give you an email address back out, not an email address, a URL, a link that yeah. wherever from what any territory in the world that somebody clicks on it they'll be brought to their local amazon store absolutely and and you want to eliminate any problems people have in buying your next book yeah. so um as an example as a a tip there is if you're using vellum um which you know banging that drum again um <laughs> you you actually just put the asin number which is essentially like your isbn like your unique code yeah um per book against the book and it will take them to their local store i say local store their territory store the territory, online yeah um and vellum obviously obviously does that again for kobo for barnes and noble all that stuff but we're we're, we're both exclusive so we're talking about amazon here however you can use other providers there's i use genius link um i use Booklinker. Booklinker is one yeah um i don't know is that one that is unit there's what there used to be one called universal link it might be book link now to... but i use genius link which like david said you just take any urls and you put it in there and it creates your own unique one so yeah. just make sure you're thinking about like beyond your own like yeah country. domestic yeah area yeah don't don't just be domestic think okay well if i've got people reading in another country and they click on this link they need to be able to get the book so yeah um, um so yeah if you have questions on that of course uh, hit up our facebook page we're we're open to answering any questions at all that are put to us on um to in the orders at, uh, or on facebook um yeah, so so universal links is key. I, I'm the same as you at my back matter, Rob. As soon as my manuscript is finished, the story has ended. I don't like the words the end because I want to keep my reader there. And um, the following page after that is also me seeking an email address. 
Nice. And um, I think your way is genius uh, for people who want to write uh, or give away a lost leader, I guess, um, a free manuscript or something. It's it's great. It, it's it's a it's a great sort of seduction to get an email address. Um, it's, sign, a very, put your, it's, a, it's a very tried and trusted yeah. method. Yeah, the free novella. Yeah, yeah. And, and it works. It clearly works because it's, it's what most people do. Um, I, however, because I don't write in series and I don't have on-running characters, um, that, that practice wouldn't work for me. Uh-huh. Uh, I, could, I could write a free novella book and, and, and sell it that way. Uh, in exchange for email addresses but because my books are about um, interesting talking points like I I, I write a, uh, I've had a book about sort of the Me Too movement and um, mm-hmm. and books about uh, school shootings in America and, uh, and all, the, all the, the fun topics with you all the isn't fun it? topics yeah I, I, I'm, I'm influenced by news I guess Um <laughs> So what I do is, Robert, I put a link straight after my manuscript is finished for a video discussion where I am being interviewed on camera, uh, sometimes straight to camera where the questions will just pop up or other times I've had an interviewer interview me about the themes that pop up in the book. Right. So what once the shock reveal of the end twist becomes apparent, um, it's, did you see this coming? And and then I will do an interview where I explain all the clues throughout the book that have led up to that wow. twist. And I'll take That's the reader genius. through it. Yeah, it's I, I just one of those ideas that popped into my head. It's weird because I've spoken to other authors about this and they go, oh, that's a great idea. But it, it, won't, it, doesn't, it won't work for everybody. Again, it wouldn't work for me. It wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't work, work for me. For you, My, yeah, I have a very yeah. formulaic action hero thing, yeah. so I might plant the odd twist or so in there. Yes. But, you know, everyone, everyone who's reading my book just wants to see Sam Pope, you know, kick some ass. Whereas, yeah. you know, with yours, I think a lot of people probably go in knowing, okay, he's going he's gonna to pull the rug out from underneath me at some point. Yeah. Um, and I think, and, you know, I think we, you've mentioned it a lot, like, putting yourself out there in such a way i mean you're quite a i say quite extroverted you're quite chatty you're quite um personable um we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't both yeah, if we were comfortable um like chatting like this but the the fact is it goes back to why you've got such a loyal readership i'd say one of those reasons probably is is someone's read at the end of the book you know i've read read some of your books i've been by the twist at the end of it and then the next thing they can do is click on the thing and hear directly from you yeah um that the this was the this is what inspired it this is why um i i dropped this nugget in here you might have missed that and that type yeah. of thing to an avid reader is is like catnip isn't it like people would love that so yeah, that's they do. i do a... get a lot of a lot of um feedback from my readers who love the videos um, and exactly. sometimes i get I... as much praise in reviews for the video as i do for the book um but, but yeah they, they, they're intrigued they go, oh yeah i want to know how you fooled me there and then so they download the video i get their email address and then that begins like you robert uh, uh, an automated sequence of emails where i um i go hope you enjoyed the book uh, here's the video here's the video i hope you enjoyed the video 
a couple of days later they'll get another email saying hope you enjoy the video if you would like to leave a review for in the middle of middle america here's the universal link the, uh, you know it's the same with you i look out for uh, a call out for a review um so yeah that, that's how i do that's how i collect email addresses is through those videos um after that then i normally have a statistic which sort of sums up the theme of the book or the, the main plot of the book you see i don't want to talk about these because the the these sort of things um give away my endings and, and then, also say it's a, it's a it's a light entertainment podcast david yes we don't want to we don't <laughs> want to depress our readers or our listeners uh, i do like to depress my readers though um, and then after that, same as you, Robert, I will then have a list of all my books. So also by David B. Lyons and then, yeah. and then a chronological list of, of my books. Okay. Uh, and, so, and then I, I have an acknowledgement section where I thank sort of, you know, people who help me beta readers and um, cover designers and editors and things like that. So, yeah, that's 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 all at the back of my book. So probably similar to you. We, we seek the email yeah. address. And uh, and then we will also explain or tell our readers what else they can get from us. Fantastic! I'd like to just—I mean, this isn't going to me- measure up your your idea of the the video interview where you give your thoughts, opinions, your inspirations. So that is—I think that's that's an ingenious way of tackling not an issue but uh, i think people have of building a mailing list i think that's a very good yeah. way um yeah i'd also just call out to our listeners if they're they're starting it or they haven't done this and they're thinking oh i'll write a whole book or a whole novella or i've got to get in front of a camera and i don't feel comfortable about it um, yeah. no it's not I for everybody it. it's not for everyone so so i said do what david did and think a little bit more out of the box so what i did i did it once on a um so people might not know this, but before my Sam Pope series, I was writing an urban fantasy sci-fi series. That's right. Uh, um, the Bermuda Jones series. I wouldn't go too much. It's like another world that exists in ours. I think very men in black, very Hellboy type thing. Yeah. And um, I didn't have anything to give as a, a reader magnet. So what I did on Canva is I created uh, press articles of like um bizarre instances happening because ah, these creatures exist in our world but only certain people can see them so i created like almost like a um an investigation pack so i had like a police report write-up that someone did where they spoke to someone where i don't know someone went missing from somewhere um and then like an, a weird agent turned up i had a pre uh, a newspaper clipping i made on canva which is free so don't it, it it probably didn't do as well as like me telling people here save some money and have some free books. Yeah, but you're not you know you're not. But that's a good in. example. That's the only way of doing it. It's a good example, which is the point you're raising here of thinking outside the box. What 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 would my reader be interested in that I could give them right now at the end of a book? Yeah. I think Mark Dawson ha- um, has publicly made it known that what he does at the back of his book is offer a you know, a fictional redacted FBI file on his main protagonist. Yeah. So um, that's, 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 that's thinking outside the box. You go, Oh yeah. My reader will get to the end of his book. Oh, I'd like to read that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll sign up. Here we go. Here's my email address. And then, you know, he gets that redacted FBI file. That's thinking outside the box. So, so have a think that when, whatever way you're leaving your readers at the end of the book, you might be leaving them shocked. You might be leaving them, you know, um, vulnerable. You might be leaving them feeling really fulfilled or happy or in love. Whatever you, a genre of book you write at that moment, what would your reader really like 
from you or perhaps even your characters? What would they give their email address for? To in the authors. Authors. I do. <laughs> Hold on. Is, is, that, is, that, is that floating around your house, that theme tune? Non-stop. It's the constantly. I think I'm starting to wind my wife up now. Yeah. Um, anyway, we are back. And David, we are about to dip into the mailbag for mm. another question from our wonderful listeners. Brilliant. Um, this week, we've got a question from Paul Hughes, who uh, posted in our Facebook group. And he has uh, kindly asked us, can you guys give some essential do's and don'ts for the first six months to a year when you're first starting out? Yes. Thank you, Paul. Um, a good question. It, it, it is a good question. It's, I mean, there's so many, you know, elements that we learn as we, as we go through this um journey i hate the word journey but there we go and actually in in through to paul it's such a good question that we actually use it in our seven questions it's sort of similar to a question we came up with yeah. you know what, what do you wish you knew uh, when you were starting out i think one really important thing to answer your question paul is to don't if you have manuscripts written and you would like to get them out there don't take any shortcuts in terms of packaging it. So there's no point in going, oh, well, I'm, 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 I'm not going to get it heavily edited. I'm not paying £700 for an editor or I'm not paying £300 for a cover. They're just throwaway amounts there, by the way. But, um, you know, there's no point in, in making it cheap early on. So get your branding spot on and and in, invest in terms of making sure the package looks as good as it can be um because if you start to put yourself out there with this sort of made in canva book cover by you know that you maybe mocked up yourself because you thought a photograph looked good and and you know you're going to put this font on it get your book covers right so there's no point in starting off until the package is ready so don't start off in any cheap manner and that's just in terms of 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 your aesthetic i would also say um a do starting off some people will disagree with this but i would suggest staying exclusive to amazon because that's a big enough plate to spin before you start spinning the other 10 with the other 10 or so retailers that you can also sell your ebook online i would say start with amazon and if your wish like mine is is to go wide eventually you can look at that down the line it's 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 a big it's such a heavy plate to spin amazon and and to get your head around that i would suggest starting off there anyway so that that's that's something to do in the four six months get your package right and you know stay with amazon to see how you can then build from there that's what I would suggest for somebody starting out. What about you, Robert? You 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 come at this from a different angle, right? I yeah, I think um, what you've come for there is is I will say incredibly consistent. I think people can say the message we give out here because I think if ever I pose that stuff to you, David, your thing is your branding needs to be spot on. You yeah. bang that drum along mm-hmm. with your test, test, test. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I kind of looked at it and I was like, okay, so um, a little peek behind the curtain for, for everyone. Like David and I have, you know, you know, a couple of notes and stuff about what we're going to talk about on the show. Um, and yeah. this question, I saw David, you come out very practically. That's all very practical things there. Yeah. I've kind of looked at it a bit more 
like um theologically um about what your mindset should be like when you're starting out oh that'd be a great and, tip for paul yeah and the listeners brilliant um so i'd say the best one i could give is don't focus on what anyone else is doing so don't start um yeah you know comparing yourself to to other authors um you know so you know that might seem a little bit hypocritical when we're doing a podcast which is telling people what to do (laughs) but what we're not doing is we're not telling you to to do you know focus on what we're doing we're just giving tips on how you can focus on yourself so when we're talking about what we're what i mean by this is when i'm saying what we're talking about here is don't think you know you can emulate what someone with say 10 books and five years of a readership can do don't think you can do that to begin with yeah because that's just gonna crush your spirit because you'll see someone or you could listen to david and i talking about you know making um you know a full-time income and and having all these sales and you might not be doing it but you just need to remember everyone's circumstances are different we've been doing it for years so when you're starting out you should just be focusing on yourself and 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 looking at it you know the long game of it so putting all the things you need in place to build up to that level um so when we say things like a mailing list like david is spot on with your branding all those things is just focus on yourself you can take inspiration from others but you shouldn't be comparing your results to someone else's because you don't know what marketing budget they have you don't know what um links they have to other people to get them exposure you don't know these things yeah so that's a great tip and even if you're writing the same genre just no exactly. point in copying what somebody else does be inspired no. by as robert says don't copy and i would say the best thing you can do once you finish that first book while you're 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 focusing yourself is get the next one done because literally getting more and more books done you get better at doing it but you start being able to build out all the other stuff so just remember it's a long game and the only person playing it is yourself so just focus on what you're doing the whole time Right, so now it's time for our seven questions, where each week we interview a fellow indie author and pose to them the same seven questions with the aim of extracting knowledge from their brains and to hear about another perspective on the world of self-publishing. Now this week, we are joined by the excellent thriller writer, Stephen Taylor. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. Stephen, thanks a mil for joining us. We really appreciate it. That's right. Thanks for inviting me. Not at all. No problem. Our pleasure. Um, So, uh, Stephen, can you tell us a a little bit about your books, if you don't mind, please? Yeah, I write one series called the Danny Pearson Thriller Series. Um, It's an extremely fast-paced action thriller series um, with quite a bit of humour kicked in as well, which is a little bit unusual for a lot of the others in the genre, I'm a big fan of like the Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch and Guy Ritchie type. There's a lot of uh, banter and London humour thrown in there to break up the more violent parts that you get in, <laughs> in one of the thrillers. Uh, they're extremely fast-paced and I'm up to at least book eight tomorrow. So there's quite a few of them. They are all self-contained stories as well, even though they run as a series. 
um, I made a conscious effort that I wanted them to be very self-contained stories, so you didn't have to read them in order. Yes. Um, and what's what's the book number one in that series? Is that the Vodka Over... Vodka Over London Ice. Over London Ice. It used to be called Vodka and Jelly Deals, which oh, I love. I was about to say, yeah, that I remember. Uh, I remember that that title, but the the American market didn't get it, and I got so I got fed up with so many questions of what a jelly deal was, and um, is it a cookbook? Which is not. <laughs> they just didn't get the jelly deal bit, the reference, the vodka and the jelly deal at all. Um, to right. the point where I thought it's, it just wouldn't sell in America because they just confused them completely. So I changed yeah. the title. And it's such a vital market, the American market, isn't it? Really, when you're, when it, you're it is, it is. Playing the uh, Amazon game. Uh, well, if you want to sell books, you've got to think about it. So <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, let's find out more about your indie author career. You're ready to face question number one, Stephen? Oh yes, brilliant. Are you a full time independent author? I am a full time independent author. Have been for nearly two years now. Um, yes. Oh, great. So could you walk us through what, what a working week is like for you then as a full-time author? Now, I went into this um, sort of slightly. I, I, I thought I had a midlife crisis, was approaching 50. I thought, <laughs> I can't afford the sports car, so I'll write a book. <laughs> so I, yes. I wrote a book with no aspirations or any, just wanted to write it just for me. Uh, and then when I wrote it, people liked it. So that's what kicked me into the whole whole thing. And it was in COVID as well. So I had my own business, have had for 30-odd years, um, but couldn't go and do any work because of COVID. I right. used to install stuff, TVs, speakers, all stuff like that. And I had enough of it, done it. So it was kind of came about that I wanted to get out of one thing and just put all my energy into writing. Um, so I did that. But at the same point, I didn't want to make it Every hour I do, I write books. So it's a more relaxed approach than some to being mm. an author. So I work, I, I get up, I do the ads most days, and then I'll spend two, maybe three hours writing, but uh, mostly a day, nearly seven days a week. Yeah. But if I don't do it a day, it doesn't bother me. The whole thing's, I don't want to turn writing into a chore. I want to yes. keep it as something I love, which I do now. Yeah, uh, and it gives me the freedom to just do whatever I want as well. So it's, it's quite a nice life at the moment. Yeah. Um, so how long does it take you to produce a book? Uh, I do two a year, so six months a book. Oh yes, yeah, similar. Yes, yeah, similar. I work at, and I'm the same with you with regards to the fear of not liking it anymore. Of of, yeah, um, yeah. of the writing sort of becoming sloggy for me, which it does uh, part way through the process. But um, yeah, I think yeah. two a year is probably my limit. I'd like to, I'd yeah. like to increase that, but um, I did try and do fast. But I found like the last one, I wrote half the book really quickly, and then I just felt fatigued by it. Like oh, I'm, I'm pushing too hard, and it, it, the yeah. enjoyment starts slipping a bit. So I just backed off and done that. So the, the pace of two books a year seems quite nice for me. You know, yeah. it's not not too bad. Uh, it's sort of a couple of hours, two three hours writing a day. I don't get your ideas are fresh. You get your chapters down, and then you're gone. And then the rest of the time, I'm just doing adverts, adverts, and checking all the other stuff that we check. The admin, as we call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. David's favourite. Um, <laughs> I will say it's actually a really really good answer there because I actually speak to quite a lot of people who. Um, 
over the years have like said how would you get started in in doing it especially when we do all this stuff ourselves and yeah. i think the point you just made there is really important is that you just wanted to write a book so you just set out to write a book with no yeah. no right intent to just take, a personal challenge yeah to take it as far as you have and now you're now you're you know got a full-time income off of it so it just goes to show that if you as long as you just start the, the possibility yeah. is endless with being an indie author so and yeah that that first book is the hardest thing in the world yeah <laughs> that's it yeah it's, it's so true so yeah. hard but then it's amazing how much easier it gets with, with doing it constantly yeah um right brilliant answer second question yes. go for another brilliant answer here are you <laughs> wide or exclusive I am exclusive to Amazon. Um, there was no conscious thought in that. I wrote this book that I started, and the easiest place to put it was Amazon. Um, and because I've gone everything else for Amazon, because and I do tweet a lot of other authors, and the whole wide thing, yeah, it's a nice idea, but man, does it drum your work up. I mean, trying to advertise to every platform, I mean, it takes so much time just to do Amazon. So I, I don't know. I don't know how the hell they, they think they can. You can actually promote to ten different places all at the same time and try and get them all working. That's, that's that, if you can do it, fair play. But it seems a hell of a task to try and do. And um, Amazon works for me. You know, it, it's worked. I've got a lot to thank them for. It's given me a place to earn a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all under one roof. There's a lot to be said for that, you know. Can't, can't really say a bad word against it. There is, yeah. Myself and Robert have calculated very recently that we earn sort of between forty and forty-five percent. I think I'm right in saying, Robert, on a Kindle Unlimited alone. Yes. Yeah, I reckon that mine is pretty much the same. I, 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 yeah, I passed the, the ten million page reads a, a little while back. Which oh wow, a nice, nice place to pass. Uh, nice but it's about forty percent, forty sixty. I mean, forty percent. Yeah, Kindle Unlimited, and that's a, huge, that's, that's a huge slice of income, right? Like, oh, I couldn't lose when, that. Well, yeah, well, to, yeah. When, when when you look at it in the cold hard facts of it being a business, you, yeah, yeah no, no business can really afford to to slice out forty percent of their income. Exactly. No, no, not on a risk. Not on a risk to go no. wide, and you know, and, uh, I don't know many other people I spoke to who actually do very well wide. So, I don't know. I envy the ones yeah. who do. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is the big debate, isn't it, as an indie author, do you, uh, wide v exclusive. I know authors that are doing well on, on both platforms yeah. or bo- both routes, but um, same as you, Stephen, and myself and Robert have talked about this on the podcast. We were exclusive, we went wide, and I even used an aggregator, um, draft to digital yeah, to get my books wide, but I just felt the spinning the plates of the advertisement to try and drive them to different platforms was um, it, it was just very lukewarm or even cool. Yeah. I'd say the response to it. So it's nice to have all my eggs in the one basket, but from a moral point of view, I would ideally like to be yeah wide. That. I have to say yeah. Um, which brings us to number three, actually, which will definitely be a great answer from you, Stephen. Could you name one service you use as an indie author that you could not do without? Now, since I started uh, writing, uh, one, I was not, and before I wrote the first book, I'd never written anything other than an email. <laughs> so a Word document, and even now I'm, I'm rubbish at Word. Um, I don't know half the things it does and how it does it. 
Um, so, I, so I got the original Scrivener uh, and then upgraded it when the new Scrivener and I, and I absolutely love Scrivener. I, I like yeah. the way it lays out, the notes are, I can pull photos into the notes at the side so I can keep track of where I am, put all the key characters down in the side of it. And, and so I, it's probably the, the most used thing that I have is Scrivener. I write everything in Scrivener and then export it out. It, uh, it is so, a yeah. great... Yeah, it is a great answer. It took me a long time to be won over to Scrivener, um, but now that I have, I, w- I would never go back. I'm the same as you, Stephen. Robert, yeah. I've never asked you, what, what, what software do you write on? Um, I don't use Scrivener. I use Microsoft Word still. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. I, I, I dump it in Vellum. But um, I have... I've got I, yeah. Vellum now. Um, Vellum yeah. is a, something i got. And yes, it, I do quite like Vellum. Um, yeah. I, but I'm still trying to figure it out. But it's, it's a similar nice bit of software. I like the way with Scrivener, though, is it's got a mobile app on it. And I can... And because it, it's all through uh, Dropbox. So when I go on holiday and have a little Bluetooth keyboard on a pad, or I can if I go out in the caravan or whatever, I, I can pick up the writing anywhere. Yeah. Oh wow. And just yeah, literally anywhere. So on my phone, I've got a little fold-down Bluetooth keyboard. I can sit on the sunbed one <laughs> day and write on, or I can take the iPad and and see. And I like the fact that yeah, because it all syncs to Dropbox. I can literally just take any device anywhere and just pick it up and start writing. So, so when you say you write literally every day, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> Well, yeah, pretty much. I do write pretty much every day. Um, uh, might not do a lot, but I, I do do write. Like to write a little bit every day. I like to try and do a chapter a day. It doesn't always work, but yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, no, I will. I'll have to have a look at Scrivener. So many people are saying it's it's brilliant to use. I should probably check it out. Um, yeah. Question four is always a very interesting question, um, and we have some great answer. To this is how do you market your books? Like, what's an overview of your marketing strategy? It's a mixture of AMS ads and Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to do a, a lot with Facebook, and then the iOS thing came out, and I found some struggling to find hits with that. So I went heavily into learning the AMS side of it. Uh, uh, still, like I like AMS the well the way that your spend is very easy to be governed and I like mm-hmm. the fact you go into AMS and you can adjust every single target and how targeted it is uh, but I've now come back to Facebook again and you know, that seems to be working a lot better now I've got quite a few ads running with that so yes it's, it's a mixture a mixture of the two Oh, fantastic. Um, as a, a quick follow-up question, Stephen, because um, la- last week on the podcast, um, oh, David yeah. and I obviously did a, a bit of a deep dive into some um, numbers, especially around uh, marketing. Um, yeah. And you write in a series. I know you said that they're standalone books, but it is, yeah. it is, a, it is a series. Do you... So Dave and I have two very different schools of marketing because I write in one concurrent series, he writes in standalones. Do you market to all the books or do you market to just, do you drive people to the first in the series? Much the same. Most is driven to the first and the first okay. is the one that way outsells everything that on advertising is just a good deal here. It's, it's pretty much identical to how you do yours. I think I think the price is probably <laughs> the same. Um, it's, it's all worked out on the buy-through. Yeah. It's the read-through. Um, yeah. it's, it's the standard series thing is I know I can spend, I don't know, up to £6 on a sale on a book that's only at one ninety nine that I'm making a bit because I know I've got such high read-through series. 
which I, I think I was listening to your podcast today. I think it's pretty much the same. It's about 65%, 70% on book one. And then mm-hmm. it goes, if it gets to book two, it starts going up like 80, 90% read through. Yeah. Uh, you know by the comments and the, uh, you, oh, they just burn through the series. Yeah. And they're, for, they're forever waiting for the next one, which is a nice place to be. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And also, I did mention to you as well. About the new uh, attribution, the attribution tags on Amazon. Yes, you mentioned this to me. Yeah, you mentioned it. You raised the point about you can't track your cane up reads um, through Kindle Unlimited, but you can on the new, the brand new attribution tags that go in Amazon in AMS AMS ads. um, There's quite a bit of information on there as well, but it's very laggy. It's Three to five days behind, I think. Okay. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's better at the moment. But if you go into AMS and go into your, your tags, you can set up your attribution tags, and then you can use them in Facebook, and they're allowed to be used in Facebook. You don't fear of getting yourself banned or right anything at all. I, so I think. It's it's an interesting experiment that I think we're going to have to do in an episode, yes, David. Because need to dive into that. And yeah. I would and I would say about the delay. I remember Amazon ads, uh, Amazon reporting used to yeah. be the worst, but now the actual um, <clears throat> just the Kindle dashboard is as accurate as Book Report was to the point that I got rid of Book Report recently. So hopefully yeah. they'll um, they'll pick their feet up on that and make that a bit more. I would think so. It's in a beta yeah. at the moment. It's a beta at the moment, so I'm yeah. sure it's fairly. You know, I don't think it's only been out maybe a couple of months. I think so. Okay, well, we'll definitely yeah. we'll definitely stick that on the list, David. Maybe in the yeah. new year. That's why I love interviewing these artists. We get so <laughs> many great tips. Um, <laughs> let's see if we can get another one. Question five, Stephen. What's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset? The one thing I know now, uh, I think I would have been nice to know when I started. Um, how much effort you are going to have to put in to get the ball rolling. Mm. Whereas everyone, when you start, I think one of the big things is you put it on and you're just hoping and expecting something to happen. Yeah. If, I, if I'd had the expectation that this is not actually going to happen for quite some time, then it, 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 I probably wouldn't have tried so hard and probably spent as much money on certain adverts and things that were too early for where I was because things I, I needed a few books to get going yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think probably book four it really started happening where I yeah. started to get some yeah. decent sales so if I'd known at the start I maybe even have just backed off and just wrote the books yeah yeah <laughs> and, and done and also as well as if I'd known as well how important it is to get everything right if I'd known that it's important to buy a decent cover it's important to have the blurb right it's if I'd known how vital that actually is, I probably would have done that earlier. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a learning curve, though, isn't it? I oh, think yeah. That's, I mean, the, um, that's, yeah. that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't want to go on, um, as you're probably yeah. aware. David's made it clear. I can get irate at times at, at posts that come up on Facebook, but it's <laughs> it's the, the ones of people saying, like, I want to jump the queue and I want to be at this point in the writing career. How do I do that? Yeah. It's like immediately. Yeah. And it's sort of like, well, you don't. <laughs> it's yeah, the same as like you don't you don't end up with a you know, 
a body like Dwayne Johnson if in, you know, without going to the gym for years and years and years. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I guess that's, well, that's it's a an interesting, answer. very interesting number. Stephen just mentioned there, book four. Mm. I've heard a lot of authors say book four. Yeah, it is when it really starts. It to, was like uh, a light switch going on, literally like a light switch. Oh, yeah. was it? Yeah, put book four up, and it did treble the turnover, and all the books did from then wow. on. Just in, just from book four. Yeah, I think I think I'm probably in and around the same point. I think it's the the one thing we say is the best thing to do to to sell yeah. books is write more books, right? That's yeah, that's like the the easiest bit of marketing you can do. Having having said that, I think one of the the, the best things now that happened is we've been out of COVID since January, uh, because that entire time of COVID, you can't plan anything. You couldn't plan anything in that time. It was such an unreal time. The figures you were getting didn't have any relevance to normal life you know yeah. you're selling more books than you should have done and uh so i'm, I'm a little bit of a data nut like robert <laughs> is <laughs> I, I, I like to see stuff that makes sense and work on it yeah but it was a very hard period to actually do that and now we've been out nearly all year and um, you can actually you could draw a line through the scale and it, it would chop off covid and it mm. makes sense so if covid yes. hadn't been there it would have been a nice upward slant rather than a big peak for a COVID time. Then it went back down again. Then it went back to its curve. So it, yeah. that was a very difficult time to figure anything out. So true, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say as a data nut, we can also be referred to as upstanding gentlemen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, I'll take that. So <laughs> um, we'll move on. Question number six. Um, yeah. Ooh, what's your biggest frustration as an indie author? It probably comes back a little bit to the last one. Is um, I say I ran I ran a business for most of my life since I left school. Always ran it, so uh, I like things to you do something and it's next thing and do it and the next thing and do it the next thing. But with books, you can't do that. You have to be so patient. I'm not mm. very good at being patient. You've just got to just let cause and effect take its toll. So you do something, then you just gotta wait and just see how it works out, and then you gotta to react to what advertising do does. But um, I spent thirty odd years going, oh, bish bosh bash, you know, you do stuff, and <laughs> you, you want, you know, you get a job and you get the kit and you do the job and you go on and you get the money and the next thing, and it's, it's a completely different thing. And I found, I find that, I found that more frustrating. I'm now more at ease with that. That you yeah. just have to let it play out. It's it's, it's a long game, not a, not a fast one. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Sage. Yeah. Sage words there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are indeed. Um, which brings us to our last question, uh, Stephen. What's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? Um, one piece of advice. So you, if, you, if you've written your book, the one piece of advice I would say is look at that book as a product, not so much your emotional baby that you've just written, although it's hard to do. And maybe even think of it like selling a second-hand car. You want to polish this this thing you've created so it looks as good as it can look. And say, so why would you buy a Beaten Up Mini when you can buy a Rolls Royce? So, mm. you know, if you can't afford to get the cover um, professionally done, which is not cheap, I know, try and maybe pick one of the off-the-shelf covers or something to make it look as good as possible and really think about the blurb and the words you're going to put with that. Um, yeah. and treat it as a whole rather than just, here's my product, I put it on with whatever and think it's going to sell 
because as we know, if you don't, it won't. Yeah, well, the the best manuscript in the world won't sell unless it has a professional cover and a professional blurb. Yeah, definitely. So I, I would think about that. One thing I always do when I have the, the covers designed as well, it's not good don't think about is I always say, um, have them done, and then I always put them down to a thumbnail and look at them as a yeah. thumbnail because mm. the thumbnail is what sells your book. Because 90% exactly. of people, if it doesn't look good as a thumbnail, it looks great as a cover, it doesn't help you. Yes, I think very true. great advice. It's really good advice. And I'll say this now, um, I'd recommend... Uh, our listeners check your books out on Amazon, Stephen. Not because I'm trying to sell your books for you. I'd love for the, is to get yourself. Oh, I would like, mind if you do. Yeah. Yes, you're quite happy. <laughs> but I'd like people to have a look at your branding. Um, yeah. because your branding is so consistent through not just your covers, but also like your banners, your Amazon yeah. A plus content. If they find you on um, social media and stuff, all your branding is so it's, it's spot yeah. on. It's I clearly been, it. yeah, it's clearly been professionally done, and it's also yeah. um, it's so consistent that I know for a fact if I see your latest cover, I know it's your book before I even see your name attributed to it. Yeah. Which is um, nice. I yeah. like that. That's, that's the intention. So it's obviously working. But yeah. it's it's as you said, the advice you've just given to to our listeners is you're actually living that advice as well because yeah. you make sure that stuff's in place. So um, thank you very much for that. Um, I believe that's the last question, wasn't it, David? I think that, was it was. Seven. that was the seven questions. That Wait, was the seven questions. You've survived, Stephen. Well done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I think as you said um, earlier, the first book in your series is called... Vodka Over London Ice. Yes, and that's the first of your Danny Pearson uh, series, isn't it? And if I'm not yeah. mistaken, you have a new one out this week? Tomorrow. 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 No, oh, the Ninja is out tomorrow. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Always like a book launch. Yeah. Well, yes. For, for our listeners, we record this. <laughs> uh, it goes out on the Monday. We're recording it, obviously, a few days before. So it, by the time this podcast is out, your it latest will book out. will be out. Yes. And what's the name of what's the title of that one? It's No Upper Limit. That's an awesome title for an action thriller. I like that. It is indeed. Stephen, best of luck with the launch uh, tomorrow, i.e. a couple of days ago. Thank you very much. um, We really appreciate you taking the time to um, answer our seven questions. That's no problem. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, Stephen. Thank you very much. I tell you what my take is from the seven questions, Robert. Doing this, what's this? This is our se- we've done seven seven questions now, right? Yes. How lovely is everybody in the author community? It's wonderful, isn't it? It's so nice. It's it's such a when you consider like most of it's online and how toxic online usually is nowadays. Yeah. Um, being part of the indie author community. Or just the author community, to be fair in general, it's really nice. Like everyone's yeah. so friendly. Yeah. Um, and and then we thought, just had I it thought... again there, Stephen. Just an absolute gentleman. He was a gent, and I tell you what, David. I what, what apart from obviously the lot of knowledge he had. Um, two, my two biggest takeaways from him was a he's very much in line, like aligned with how we operate as well. I found there was a lot of similarities with how you and I approach things to how Stephen did, which is always good. Um, 
But I also think he is a shining example of those people who think I'll write a book, but it's not going to do anything because yeah. he didn't. It, it, he never it, he he wrote it. He said he wrote it because he was having a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, but he said he he never intended to do something with it. And then you look like what three four years on or two years on. I think he said um, he's doing it for a living. He's making a full time yeah. income off it, and he's he's absolutely loving life. So I think he's a shining example of you know if you don't try, you never know. So exactly, and do stick. With if if you're a bit like Steve and you've written a manuscript and you maybe you've got a book out there and you think it's not doing anything, stick with us here at the Two Indie Authors Podcast and use the indie author community wide as a whole to be inspired because that's what Stephen did, it's what I did, and it's what Robert did. So it's it's fellow indie authors doing what me and Robert are doing now, which is paying back to and uh, the people coming behind us. Yeah, oh, 100%, 100% agree with that. And I would also like to extend an invitation to any independent authors or hybrid authors who are listening to us to um, fill out the application form on our Facebook group. You'll find it at the top of the group. Um, it's a quick form to fill out and it will go into our list and uh, you may very well find yourself in the hot seat facing the seven questions and myself and my lovely Irish friend, David B. Lyons. Yeah, so, yeah, another that's another show over with, Robert. Um, they, they fly in. What have you got on next week? Oh, you've got your lunch, right? Uh, I've got my launch. So by the time this episode goes out, the book will be, be out already. Um, I'm going to be looking for a nice orange tag, a nice hot new release tag, and hopefully Great. based on the pre-sales, I shall get that. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, mate, I've got... Um, writing to do so NaNoWriMo will finish next week I believe oh, yeah. next Thursday mm-hmm. no next Wednesday oh wow that's a, one day less I'm currently at 40,000 words so good going um, that's great 50,000 is the NaNoWriMo target I should hit I should hit that I might fall um slightly I, I don't think I'll finish my my novel by next week I don't think I'm going to write another 40,000 words in a week but yeah um, I, I definitely think I'll be uh, over 50,000 words. So I'll be on the final stretch then. So I think that's where my, my main focus is going to be uh, next week. Wow. How about your sweet self, David? Um, it's going to mainly be uh, re- the re-editing, going through the editing and, and you know making sure I agree with their edits and accepting their tracker changes and then and then and getting that manuscript out to the final rounds of proofreading. So it's 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 not strenuous work, but I through the process of writing this book, I've left a lot of things by the wayside, which is my accounts and and some administrative bits that I need to catch up with. So it'll be a bit of a diverse week for me next week, and I'll fill you all in at the top of next week's show on, on how I got on. Perfect. Well, thank you very much uh, for your time today, David. Uh, we thank too, Robert. Stephen for joining us. We thank Paul for his question. And we thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Two Indie Authors podcast. Dun, 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 dun.